Are you ready to reach the mountaintop of your life? Do you want to turn your dreams into your reality? If that sounds like you, then welcome to the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. I'm here with Michael Griffiths, a uh, longtime friend, also an incredible mentor of mine. And uh, Michael, would you would you mind starting off? Just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. It's so great to, to be here with you guys and, and all the listeners. Short story, because the long one ain't worth listening to. Uh, but so you can probably hear down from, from Sydney, Australia, and uh, primary school teacher by trade. So primary school teacher allowed me to coach basketball and, and to be an elite-level basketball coach. And in essence, that's what I thought life would always be, uh, being lucky enough to, to coach at all different levels all the way through to a collegiate level where I was over at University of North Carolina with the Tar Heel program, the Women's Tar Heel program for a little while, uh, been to two Olympic Games as an assistant coach um, in 2000 and 2004, and that's what I thought life would be. Uh, be being an elite coach, and I got to teach because I could run training before school and after school, and uh, got back from ooh, being offered University of Hawaii women's head coaching role in 2009. And same time, someone came down ill in our family and being the only family members back, we came from the US to Australia, and life changed. Uh, it took about 60 days before I got sick of the lazy teachers, and I went, I can't turn up and do this every single day. Uh, unfortunately, black's black with me and white's wine, and I say it how it is. And I found myself uh, in a staff meeting on a Wednesday afternoon and someone talking for the sake of talking because that's what teachers love to do is hear their own voice. And I just said, does anyone else find that right now this is a complete waste of time as you just say things to hear your own voice? <laughs> you said this in the staff meeting. Yes. Everyone just sort of stopped and looked and I went, uh, I think my time's up. I really appreciate you guys, but it's time for me to go do something else. And that was the moment. Wow. And that was the time where I just needed to, to go and do something else. So uh, what does a teacher do? Go and start a tutoring business because that's about the only thing that they know how to do. So started a tutoring business, knew nothing about business whatsoever. Um, it was purely just hit and miss, make it up as we go. And we started to, to realise that growing a business is all about relationships. I suppose back then it's like, well, how do you get relationships? What do you do to get relationships? Well, talk to people, connect with people, show an interest in people. And I thought, great, I can do that. So that's what I focused on. And we are lucky along the way that uh, I could start to see that there were groups of people that had all of our clients, sporting associations. That's where the families were. The families were who I needed to be able to work with. So we started teaming up with sporting associations and the big break came with a, with a sport association that had literally like 2,500 families or parents that were there at these courts. There were 34 courts and they would play from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. on a Friday every single week. So we teamed up with them and they promoted our tutoring service and 
within literally two months, we'd gone from seeing four people, not much of a business, to having 470 families on our books. Wow. Uh, so business was born. It taught me a really valuable lesson. Relationships are key. But it taught me a real bigger lesson than that. Relationships are only how you make someone feel. See, people go, it takes time to build relationships. I go, rubbish. It doesn't take time to build relationships. It's the moments that people remember when you make them feel a particular way. And that is what then business became about. So as we went through our business and, and we're now, this is the seventh business, sold six along the way. Every business, it's not about to, in my world, what's the marketing tactic or how do I do sales webinar face-to-face -face over Zoom or what's the system or what's the, like, sure, they've got a purpose and, and they're important to some extent. But what it taught me was relationships and how you deal with people and how you create emotional bonds, profound loyalty and overwhelming trust with others is why a business is successful. Mm. And that's the short story to today. I love that. Can you say those couple things? You said emotional bonds. What were the next yeah, couple things? How you build deep emotional bonds, profound loyalty and overwhelming trust in others is how you grow a business and grow it fast. I love that idea because it's such a limiting belief that people have that relationships have to take time. Because sometimes I'll use a story about, you know, this relationship led to this or this relationship led to that. And they might ask where that relationship come from. And maybe it came from seven years ago. And maybe it's been something that's happened over time. But that doesn't mean that has to be the case. It doesn't have to be that. It could be. You know, I just came home from going to a live conference and I met people there that I know that I'm going to do business with. I know are going to uh, help me spread my business, get in front of new people. And it's because we had a very deep connection now in that kind of personal development experience. Oftentimes you are in a situation where you're asked to get very deep and it just so happened that you sit next to someone that that's kind of luck of the draw. But at the same time you go, I had this incredible experience with someone and you know that that's going to lead to something because it didn't matter that it was one day it ended up leading to something because like you said it was that deep connection it's how you make them feel how they make you feel i love that that's great yeah like straight away and let me just quickly share um so i noticed you've got an orange watch on now, I can't even see your hands because most of the time they're down, except for when you bring your hands up because I know you love talking with your hands also, and <laughs> I know it's your orange watch. So you've made a choice to get that particular watch, to get that particular colour, to wear it. So you take pride in that. It's got a meaning to you. And as soon as I go, hey, Jake, I love the colour, tell me more about your watch your energy lights up and changes because you've made all of these decisions because it's important to you. We're just yeah. so surface level in what we say that we don't actually try to create bonds with people. And if we just got out of our own way in our own head and we actually just started to be more heartfelt with people, 
you'd be amazed at how quickly those three things, emotional bonds, profound loyalty, overwhelming trust, start to happen. And therefore, <laughs> great things will happen within your business. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because literally right now I've had the Fitbit for a long time, uh, but you know, the band broke and I was ordering a new band and I was like, I don't want to be boring and black, like a black, Every everything's boring. I was like, bring some color to the world. And so it, it's funny because you're, you're right. If you see an orange watch, you know, that was a conscious decision because the unconscious decision would be the black band but it was, it was a conscious decision. It's funny that you, I've had it for like three days. So it's funny that, that you notice that. <laughs> I All like right. that. Well, we, we want to get into the patterns of success. You know, everyone wants to build, I guess not everyone does, but people listening to this do want to build a seven figure business. And we want to get into the patterns of success. So can you tell us about your first seven figure year in business? Thinking about that question and when we first sort of spoke about it, I, I feel like in today's world, so so my first seven-figure year, 2009 was our first business. It's probably 2010. Uh, so it was just the verge of social media world. It was just sort of the verge of, of this where we've come to now of needing instant gratification and results yesterday and, and we're just not patient um, so I thought back on it and I went, what was it? I feel like we hire people too soon and we try to find easy ways out of things rather than just simply doing the work. So there was something which I've actually gone back to because I'm doing a whole bunch of things right now in terms of if you're not good at patience, practice patience. If you're not good at being sitting in the monotonous, boring task, do more boring, monotonous tasks. Mm. If you're not good at mental toughness, do things that make you mentally tough. So I've just gone back where every day I've got to reach out to 10 people to start conversations with them to see where opportunities might lie. So if you think about it, 10 people a day, including Saturdays and Sundays, over 30 days, it's 300 people that you're going to reach out to. Most people won't even last a week. Most people will already have found an excuse. Oh, I'm a bit tired today. Uh, you know what? I can do a couple more tomorrow. Oh, yeah, seven's pretty good. Don't worry about the last three. And that right there is the difference because the people who go through, they are so obsessed with what they have to do and why they're doing it nothing's going to get in their way. Mm. And what I've noticed in just doing it where I'm the 18th of the month right now is I've had 180 reach-outs. The conversations and the opportunities have just been absolutely through the roof. But if I looked at the last couple of years, I wouldn't have done that. I would have got a team member to do that. I would have got someone else to do that. I would have employed someone to do that rather than, to really, to me, to go from zero to a million bucks, you don't need anyone else other than yourself, some good systems, and doing hard work. Mm. From a mil to five, it starts to become about team and about, about you being more of a leader and you being above the business. And then from five onwards, it's a whole different ballgame again. But I just tend to go that people, like people hiring people and they're like making $30,000, $40,000 a year. 
What do you yes. need them to do? Yes. Like there's nothing that they need to do. It's just simply because we have this mentality of I'm the business owner and therefore I don't have to do the hard work. And unfortunately, people promote that. And it's yes. seen on our socials and it's seen everywhere. So it's driven in that that's how the business life should be. Now, get up, make phone calls, send emails, send social media messages, connect, build relationships, get out to different events, get out and see people, actually help people and transform their lives and do that every single day without excuse. That's my takeaway from going from zero to a because that's what we did. I love that. I, I, that. That is wonderful. I love to hear that because I'm, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I'm quite tired of the idea of everything needs to be outsourced. Everything needs to go to other people. And I, I think oftentimes what it does is it builds this belief. It builds a limiting belief around, I cannot do it myself. As if I, if I don't have a skill, I can't obtain the skill and do it myself. And I just think it's just, it's just plain not true. Because if you can't do it yourself, what makes you think that you can train someone else to do it? You got to be able to do it yourself. I, I love that concept. Why is it that you think that people won't do the simple things? Contact 10 people a day. That's not hard. Nothing about that's hard. Why no, is it they won't do it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a deeper question. So I'm going to get a little bit more profound on that. We're lazy. Society has taught us to be lazy. Our upbringing has taught us to be lazy. And therefore, it becomes just our habit. It's actually got nothing to do with reaching out to 10 people a day. If mm. I said to, to people, go and walk for a kilometre, go run 200 metres, the first thing, that's hard, or I couldn't do that, or no, it's because we've been... We've, we've started to grow up in this society of just, oh, it's okay if you don't want to do that. Oh, it's okay if you're tired. Just go and sit down and have a rest. Oh, it's okay if you're not feeling well. Go to sick bay. Like when, when something happens, uh, <laughs> so Sophie's the same, just around the same age as your little one, and, and mm -hmm. so sort of fell off the scooter the other day and raised her knee. Like, come on, get up. We've still got 36 minutes to go because we were going around the dog track and I have 45 minutes to run and she scooters nice. around there. It wasn't, oh, let's go, Pat, Precious, oh, dear, let's stop, let's – it's a little scratch. Like, okay, so there's a bit of bug. You're okay. You're not going to die because I wouldn't let that happen. But yeah. it, it's, it's that upbringing that we have that we suffocate. And there's times that you've got to be kind and, and be caring and – but if that happens all the time, well, you know nothing else. And therefore, you find it really hard to just do boring, monotonous activities every single day. Because part of our core needs, growth, uncertainty, but at the same time, certainty, connection. And as business owners, it's like, what's the next shiny thing? Because it's promoted in society, as that's what needs to happen. Oh, this doesn't work. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with the thin because it can't be me. I've been told growing up my whole life, I'm amazing. I'm brilliant. It's never my fault. Like, 
We're not helping whatsoever. So now we get to adults and we're running this business and it's like, oh, I can reach out to 10 people for four days. Uh, it's not working. There's our problem. Yeah. You said something earlier. You're saying that you're reaching out to them to see what opportunities are there, to create opportunities. I, I'm, I want to... I like to put myself in the mindset of what is someone thinking who's listening to this? And what I know that someone is thinking right now is that sounds great, but I don't really know what that means. Like, what do I do with that? What, what a start? What am I just talking about sports? Like what, a, what am I doing when I'm reaching out to that? I think that's, that's a question. And, and I know what you're talking about because I've, I've worked with you. What is it that give them a little insight on that? Yeah. Love it. And just before jumping on here, I was on a uh, in, in sort of like a little networking forum and I was in this breakout room and, and Victor was talking and, and Victor was uh, talking about what he does and who his ideal client was. And I, brilliant. So if I could connect you with someone, Victor, like someone who has your clients or who would be a great podcast for you to go on or where do you think your clients would be where maybe I could open a door for you, who would that be? And there was silence. Victor went, oh, I've never thought about that. And most people haven't. See, most people think, how do I get a client? Who's the end person that I need to sell to? And in my world, like that's, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. One of the easiest things to do is to go and find your new clients through other people's networks. So when you reach out and when you have conversations with people, the opportunities could be, can we do a little interview like this where we share it on each other's social platforms? The opportunity might be, can you come and speak to my people? The opportunity might be, can I promote some sort of guide or video that you've got where people might go, wow, that was really helpful, and then they come over to you. The opportunity might be, I'd love for you to come and speak to our people. It's about really being able to try to take this concept of, I suppose I call it hunter mentality. How do I hunt? And I, it's, how we're, it's how we're hardwired, so I get it. Like our brain was created for caveman days of protect me from the saber-toothed tigers and the wild animals. So I get the hardwiring and why we are like this. But in business... You're shooting yourself in the foot if all you constantly think about is me, me, how do I win me, me, me? Here's the end person. How do I make a sale? Transaction only. It's not how business is growing. Sure, you'll get some clients. Sure, you might get a nice little $100,000, maybe $300,000 business. It ain't never going to go anywhere else because the one thing in business is reputation. And we live in a world today where anyone can know anyone in literally seconds because of technology and social platforms and Google My Business and all of those other, other wonderful things. So if you don't have reputation, you really got nothing. So yes. reaching out to people and creating opportunities does nothing, even if there weren't any other opportunities. It's just another person who knows you who can remember you. And a big saying, everyone has a mouth and two ears so they can go and talk about you. Mm. And when we talk about how we evoke positive emotions in other people, 
then they're likely to talk about you more and more because they're constantly remembering you. So they all sort of fit in quite nicely. But, yeah, so opportunities is there's just so many things that could be good for your business when you start thinking it's not just about a sale. It's about how do I really form a great connection with this person? We could decide what might happen. Just make it up because sometimes they're the best opportunities. Yes. Yes. And it's a great concept. Where, where did this concept, where did this way of thinking come from? Because this is not the normal way of thinking. There must have been a seminal root of this. This must have come from somewhere. Uh, or maybe it's just how you're wired. I don't know. But where, where did this come from for you? It's not the way most people think. Yeah. Well, as a look back, certainly within the coaching days, and, and I needed to go and look at what so many other people were doing, what so many other elite coaches were doing. So I'd go into different sports and I'd go to Institute of Sports and I'd go and I'd, just, I'd talk to all these other elite performers on what they were doing to try to find where's my edge, where's something that I can do that just might that be that one little percent. So I started to see these patterns of, collaborations, I started to see these patterns that no one really was competing. Everybody was doing the same sort of things just in their own way. Mm. And you don't ever compete with anybody because no one is you. Like someone else can talk about referrals and retention. They can't do it like me because they don't have me inside them. They could look at everything we do and go, yeah, we teach this and this and this and this and this and this, exactly the same as what Michael teaches. No, you don't because you can't. You have a different brain. You have a different personality. You have a different passion around it and you have different experiences around it. So, therefore, it can't be the same. So, as soon as we start to realise that there is no competition, we start to come more into this collaborative way of thinking. And then I suppose it's just proof in the pudding that the previous six businesses, everything grew through partnerships. Everything grew through our networks, through people opening doors, through people giving us exposure, through people. And honestly, for coaches, consultants, service providers, I hear it at least three, four times a day when I ask, so how are you growing your business? Oh, it's all referrals, word of mouth. Okay, so then why are you trying that? Or why are you doing that? Uh, well, I just think maybe that will work. And it never does. It always comes back to the same thing. The thing is, though, that most people don't have this way of being, so they might only get two or three referrals in a month. You should be able to get two, three referrals every single day, yes. and then you wouldn't need to do anything else. So that's where, or I suppose, where we said at the start, it comes down to that way of thinking of how do I connect to build, in fact, we, we actually call it, how do I activate extraordinary moments throughout my business to build overwhelming trust, profound loyalty, and deep emotional bonds? And if we just made that our focus when we went out and talked to people, you'd be amazed at how many opportunities got created. Wow. What a, what a, cool, what a cool story. I love the way that you think. Now, earlier you said your first seven-figure year was in 2010. You said, well, I started in 2009. And the first seven-figure year was 2010. That's relatively quick for, for most, most people. Most people are in business 
much longer than a year and not at that level yet. Why do you think you were able to reach that so quickly, go from startup to seven-figure year? The relationships we kept and the partnerships we created. And I suppose it's why I'm so passionate yeah. that anyone can grow a business through partnerships. It's the single-handed, fastest way to grow a business. So when I look at, let's just quickly run through the businesses. So the first one was a cheering centre. The partnership was with a, with a netball association for, say, our US folks, netball is a game we play in the Southern Hemisphere that's very similar to basketball, but you can't dribble the ball. So mm-hmm. um, the netball association had like 4,500 members. They were all families. They were all school kids. They all had the potential to need tutoring. So that's how we grew from four clients to over 500. So then we went and found other sporting associations in other states, and we just did exactly the same thing. So that's that one. Then we had Mm. a little health product, an antioxidant, well ahead of its time in 2009 uh, compared to what we know about free radicals and antioxidants today. And I went, I'm not selling this purple powder to people. I've got no idea about health at that particular moment. We teamed up. We had over 400 personal trainers that would just on-sell that to their, to their clients. So mm. in a matter of three and a half months, we went from nothing in this purple powder to over 110,000 customers because all I focused on was how do I team up with personal trainers to get them to then go and on-sell this to their 30, 40, 50. We got some large gyms. So they had like a 1,000 people that they could sell it to. And it was repeat every 30 days. So once we got a customer, we knew that they were just going to keep buying from us every 30 days. Then we did exactly the same thing with mineral makeup and anti-aging skincare cream. 2010, again, anti-aging creams nowhere near as big as what it is today. Um, So we went... I'm not selling that to, I'm not going around and saying, hey, people, do you want anti-aging skincare cream? I think your face looks horrible. No, that's not my role. Uh, So who do you go to? Beauticians, hairdressers, makeup artists. So everything is just who has where our people are and how do we tap in to build that relationship in a way that they can help us. So I already know what people are thinking right now. People go, oh, well, I've got to pay them or I've got to give them a commission or I've got to find what the deal is for them to be able to help us. Wrong. People help people that they resonate with, therefore they can respect and therefore they are inspired by. Mm. That's the same with people who buy from you. So whether it's a partner, whether it's a referral source, whether it's a prospect, you could ask your clients, why did you buy from me? They actually won't be able to tell you because the limbic part of the brain, which controls all human behavior and all decision-making, doesn't understand language. They bought from you because of a feeling. They justified it over here in the cortex brain, in the logical, analytical, rational side of the brain, and they went, ah, oh, I just liked your system or I just like." how you operate it, or I just like your program, or I just, and they can say whatever they want. It's the feeling that makes someone do something that controls all human behavior. Mm. So it's got nothing to do with, or oh, I'm going to offer you, I just heard it before in, in this uh, session I was on where somebody said, oh, I've got 
I've got this special code. And rather than it being $10 a month, it'll be $8.33 for them. I'm thinking, okay, so that's like, what, $1.67 difference? Yeah, I'm not getting real excited. Um, and I'll give you that $1.67. Like, what do you want me to get? You'd like a million people to even make that exciting for me. Yeah. And yet that's why he thought that people would be actually going and helping him because of you, you can't pay someone enough. Honestly, you can't. If someone doesn't resonate with you, respect you, or be inspired by you, which is completely a feeling, then they're not going to help you. So that's what I learned really fast. So that's when I talk about like three really big things that we like to do. How do you have this enchanter mindset, like this magical mindset? Most people have a connection mindset and then outcome mindset or hunter mindset. I want to have this enchanter mindset where it's like, Nothing is impossible. It's magical. It's like mm. being a wizard. I tell you, Harry Potter. Right? It's like, how do you have brain chemical approach? Most people have this value add approach. If I add value to people, then they will like me more and then do things for me. No, they won't. Yeah. Because the value add approach is tapping into the cortex part of the brain. Mm. Brain chemical. The value approach. doesn't matter to them. Sometimes uh, people say, I'm going to. I'm going to add value. I'm like, but that, I, but I don't care about that. If yeah. It doesn't help me. I don't care about it. Correct. So it's about having this brain chemical approach. And the last one is about people go, well, I need to create content or I need, what's the script? And the really good people go, no, it's about relationship creation. Mm. No, it's not. There's a whole nother level. It's what I call heartfelt creation. And when you do things heartfelt with brain chemicals, with that enchanter mindset, that's when people go, I don't know what it is, Jake, but I, I really, there's something about you. And I, that's all they can say because totally. it can only be a feeling. They will then rationalise it to why and they go, oh, I just really like the shirt you always wear. I don't know. It was about that orange band on your, on your Fitbit. Like they'll rationalise it to whatever they want to rationalise it. But it was a feeling, and we've got to be better at creating feelings in people to accelerate the relationships that we build. As you were saying that, I started thinking uh, back to when I when I joined your program, when I joined Partnership Club, and afterwards, my wife asked me, "So what?" And my wife's so supportive, super supportive. It is never never a questioning. It's always, "What what are you doing?" Just curious. And she says, so, so what are, what are you doing? And, and uh, I said, I don't really know. I just wanted to do it. Like, I just, I just wanted to do it. I, I don't know. I, 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 I like, I like Michael. I like what he's doing. I, I know that there's value here. And now that I put my finger on it, I just felt this sense of confidence and felt this sense of confidence that, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm even getting here but I trust Michael. And so I know that it's worth it. I, I don't even know the details of it. I mean, of course I knew kind of what I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know. I didn't know every detail of it and it didn't matter to me. No. And you've hit the nail on the head. I think that's really important for everyone listening right now because your cortex brain, your logical brain is going, I need to explain all the details. I need to explain the logistics. I need to, no, you don't. Because they don't care. 
What mm. they care is do I resonate with you? Because until they resonate with you, they can't respect you and therefore they can't be inspired by you. And if someone's not inspired by you, they can't buy from you. It's just that simple. Yeah. So a couple more questions for you before we close. Um, what, what advice do you have for someone who's in business? They have a profitable business. Maybe they're already at the six-figure level, uh, but they haven't reached that seven-figure level yet. What advice do you have for them to, to reach that, you know, go from the one to the other? I would go, not quite sure if I should really admit this, but uh, if people were to sit and hear the conversations I have with myself, they'd probably put me in a mental home. But I have, <laughs> like, conversations with myself, and, and I'm hard in my conversations to myself to find out why. Like, so why did you stop doing that? Or why did you think that was going to be better? Or, you know, you've made 400000 for the last two years. Why, you, why have you stopped there? Because you've already got the answer with inside you. And most of the time, it comes down to simply consistency and just sticking it out. Because we get to this, this part, oh, that's boring. There's got to be something else. It's got to be a, some magic pill or some magic shiny thing that's going to get me from 400 to a million like that. The shiny thing is do more of what works more often. That's what the shiny thing is. Mm. Right? And, and most people don't. Most people go, well, I need 20 ways to market myself and three ways to sell and 15,000 different programs to offer. No, you don't. Fastest way to a million dollars is simply have one good thing that you offer, have one great way that you market, have one really clear people that you sell to, have a really good way that you convert, enroll I call it, I hate the word convert, enroll, and do it for a year, nonstop. That's mm. it, the five ones. And most people don't. Most people have lots of ways to market. So straight away, they're all over the place. They try to sell to everybody. They offer my low program, my middle program, my high program, my everything in between program, as well as my 13 different ebooks that I created. So all you're doing is dividing your time and your attention. And there's one thing we've all got exactly the same of. We've all got 24 hours, and that's it. Yes. Now it's not a matter of and if I look at really good, like good eight, nine figure businesses, they're working less than what you are. Yes. Hey, good, good friend, Chris, I went through, I was talking to him the other day and he's telling me about his day. Wake up at 5.15 without an alarm. I do my morning journaling and meditation and, and then I go for my walk at 7 and I come back and I get some work done between sort of 8.30 and 11.30. Then I make lunch and sit down and eat lunch and then I go for another walk then I get work done between sort of 1.30 and 3.30 and then I go and lift at the gym and then I do ice bath and massage and then the afternoon, the rest of the afternoon into the evenings with family and kids. Mm. So what came out of that was you've pretty much got two one-and-a-half-hour work blocks. You're working three hours a day and everything mm. else is about you making yourself feel good to be able to put into those three hours probably more than what most people would put in in 15 hours. Yes. That's what I took from that. Right? So there's a couple of things in that. 
we've all got the same amount of time. The more productive you are correlates to how well do you feel. Now, we've had the pleasure, Jake, of knowing each other for a little while. Uh, since last time we saw each other, hey, I'm like 66 pounds lighter. I'm lifting mm-hmm. heavier than ever before. The clarity, the confidence, the self-belief, the air of good arrogance, swagger, I call it, the energy, it's chalk and cheese to 12 months ago mm. because I started to value how I felt because I couldn't show up or turn up the way I needed to for clients, for team, for prospects, for networks, if really I was firing on one cylinder and not six. Yes. So I think all of that is part and parcel to your answer of, okay, if I'm I've sort of like two, three, four, five hundred thousand, how do I get to a million? Just look at what you're doing and going, why aren't I just sticking to what works? And what am I doing? that makes me feel better so I've got more energy to do what I know works. Stop trying to look for other solutions. We don't need them. So simple. I love it. That's a a great, great answer. Uh, Michael, this has been wonderful. How can people find out more about you? Yeah, I think the best way, just uh, michaelgriffiths.com.au, being an Australian, we've got to have the AU at the end. Uh, the dot-com got taken by a Broadway superstar. So unfortunately, someone else already does have my name and they're a little bit more, uh, they're in the show business world, so they're a little bit more popular than what I am. But michaelgriffers.com.au is the best place that you can follow us on, uh, whatever socials you like. There's a bunch of videos. There's a bunch of great guides. Um, You can find everything you need to from there. Awesome. And last words of wisdom you want to share with our uh, listeners. It comes to to sort of like our core mission. You went into business really because you you enjoy helping others. You wanted to make a difference. Sure, the financial, the money, security, freedom are all great. And I want you to be as wealthy as you can be because then you can help change and contribute to society. See, being in business is about making an impact. And when you know what your impact is and what you're just so passionate and obsessed about, business becomes so much more fun too. Mm. So think about the ripple effects that you create and you probably don't even know people that you are touching because of the other people you're touching who are other people you're touching. And that's what business is. So don't ever forget that. And don't ever forget the amazing stuff that you do that the world is really appreciative of. Really appreciate you, Jake. Wow. Love it, Michael. Thank you so much. Everyone, thanks for listening and can't wait to see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you got something great out of it. I hope that you enjoyed it. And most importantly, I hope that you found something that you can apply. Success is not given to just the talented or the lucky. Success is given to those who are willing to take action. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody else who would enjoy it. And if you would like all five parts of the Number One Goal five-part fundamental video series, head over to yournumberonegoal.com. That's all spelled out, yournumberonegoal.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is Jake Ballantyne with Mountaintop Motivation, and I will see you at the top.